Uh, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls and friends beyond the binary, it's time for the podcast that I love to make. Uh, and then I'm, I'm, I'm proud and touched to know put some of you uh, to sleep and, and distract some of you. It's time for sleep with me. And it's just a little behind the scenes. It's Tuesday night here. The podcast episode is just supposed to come out right now. But I'm uh, doing a new teaser. Because uh, I want to say thank you because we just hit a milestone uh, with uh, Patreon. Uh, so thank you. I want to specifically thank the last uh, few people that signed up. Uh, uh, Jennifer, Ava, Craig, Anka, Coffee G, uh, Say uh, C., uh, Suzanne K, Finton B, Greg S, Joshua H, Kelly S, uh, Jonathan S, and Janet M. Uh, those are the people that uh, uh, signed up to support the show at sleepwithmepodcast.com slash patron, P-A-T-R-O-N. And I want to thank all of you uh, for your generosity and for supporting the show. You should be extremely proud. So thank you so much, uh, everybody, I mean, and not just the people supporting the show on Patreon, uh, the people that support the show on PayPal or Venmo or use the Amazon link or just spread the word or they take me the time to show kindness. It's really time to, to, to celebrate. The Mystery Bar has got a little song uh, uh, to celebrate this accomplishment. Let's all sing a song for the triumph on Patreon. We did it, we got scoots over the top, yeah. Now maybe he can go part-time And clear some room out in his mind And tell stories that put us to sleep And never stop, no Congratulations Congratulations, congratulations, everybody, a really great job. So thank you everybody that, that, that signed up to support the show. If you want to join uh, the, the, everyone that's a... Uh support the show just go to sleepwithmepodcast.com slash support you can support the show on patreon that, that just helps me plan month to month or you can also use venmo or paypal you know i ask is if you look at the show uh you, you know think about it like compared to other stuff you pay for every month whether it's uh amazon netflix or cable tv and see just how many times do i listen to sleep with me because you know, even though the show is free you know, the show is overhead and a lot of hard, loving work goes into making it. So say, Jesus, compared to that, uh, is Sleep With Me worth a comparable amount of money to you? Five bucks a month, ten bucks a month, whatever. Just think about it. And I just want to, like, thank everybody that has stepped forward because uh, it really shows, like, I've learned over the past couple of weeks how much I value this show, how much I love making it. And how much I, like uh, how touched I am that it can help people out there. So I'm equally touched to know that people that they haven't even met in real life are, are willing to take their hard-earned money and support this thing I'm making. So thank you so much, and let's get on with the show. Hey, hey you all night tossing, turning, mind racing, trouble getting to sleep, trouble staying asleep. Well, welcome. This is Sleep With Me, the podcast that's here to put you 
It's a sleep we do with a bedtime story. All you need to do is get in bed, turn out the lights, and press play. I'm going to do the rest. And what I'm going to do is create a safe place where you can set aside whatever's been keeping you up, whether it's thinking, feeling, like emotional feelings, physical sensations, changes in your schedule, noise, whatever whatever it is. It could be a litany, any litanies. I think I've said that before, but, you know, I, try, I, I, I don't succeed at this, but ideally this podcast would be a litany-free zone. Or I guess I'd say, well, Scoots is good as... Like, yeah, there's a lot of book titles I could come up with with litany. Probably done this, but litany of madness. And you say, well, which book was that, Scoots? Well, that's my collection of autobiographies. The 50 autobiographies I've written... I've brought them into a collection. It's called The Litany of Madness, the autobiographies of uh, uh, Scooter and Drew Ackerman. He said, well, I just might purchase that. He said, well, one day, ideally, it'll be Gingerbread Press uh, 2052, The Litany of Madness, the autobiography. She said, I'm pretty good at advertising fictional autobiographies. Actually, I guess they're not fictional if they haven't been the, the idea of them actually occurring. What is it? That's not fiction. I guess it's an internal fiction, which is kind of like, you see, what's your, what, what, what kind of internal compass you got there, Scoots? Fictional one. I run, I run my life by a, a, a fictional system of, a fictional belief system. I think it's a pre-fictional actually, because it's, a, you know, based on something I one day will one, one day have. So if you're new here, sorry about this. I get it. Sometimes I get terribly, uh, you know, go, I go all tangent, litany of tangents. That's that's just how do you describe your podcast? Litany of tangents without the the harshness of litany. You say, is it a collection of tangents? I say, no, that doesn't do it justice. Come on, you know how much work I put in this podcast? It's not just a collection, of, a smat, no, not a smattering of tangents. A bit more than a smattering, I'd say a litany of tangents. Uh, if my vocabulary was expanded, I would probably say something else, but it's not a smattering, for sure. Uh, occasionally, there will be a bitter pattering of tangents, if I could figure out a way to do that. Uh, but what I'm going to do, if you're new here, welcome. I'm going to send my voice across the deep, dark night. I'm going to use these creaky, dulcet tones... You know, this litany of a smat, a smatter, a, a litany of bat, a bat, a litany bat. This is when my mind outraces my mouth. I was going to try to fit batter and litany together because I think that would go like with a smatter, a smattering litness batter of tangents. Uh, the cooking with scoots. <laughs> It, but, I mean, is, that's not really a joke because that's what this podcast is. I ba- I'm, and, and you say, well, it's half-baked. I'd say it's my natural state is uh, three-quarter baked. Uh, for, you know, just by, just by being myself, I don't need any uh, outside influences. I get my, my, chemical system, my chemicals, my natural chemical makeup is so off. It's, it's a three-quarter baked. But that's what I'm going to do in some sense. I kind of construct tonight. It'll be just a bedtime story, trending Twitter Tuesday or something. Uh, put together to take your mind off whatever's giving you up. I send my voice across the deep dark night in order to try to escort you or distract you as you cross over the threshold from wake to sleep. Now, if you can't cross over that threshold, if it's elusive, 
Or if you say, well, hey, I, I prefer lit litany and pressure-free zone, well, you got it because there's no, I'll be here uh, for an hour and I'll be doing my best, uh, which, you know, just comparatively, I, I mean, I don't want to brag. I'm pretty, pretty good at this, uh, probably because I'm the only one doing it, but, uh, you know, I, I have gotten this down to distract and, and I, well, let's just say this. I'm going to do my best to take your mind off of stuff. Uh, to distract you and, and so that you can fall asleep instead of listening to the narrative or the running story or, you know, just thinking about or focusing on whatever it is that's keeping you awake. You can listen to me and I'll try to use this nice, uh, you know, moderate pace and I'll be here for you to take your mind off. So that's the main thing is uh, this podcast is, is here. Because, like, you know, I, I really can relate directly uh, to the deep, dark night, uh, to, to the tossing and the turning, to the angst uh, that that can bring and all, all the other stuff uh, as you lie there. And, uh, you know, I, I, if, I, if I can have the honor of taking your mind off of that, and it doesn't work for everybody. Uh, but if I can do that, you know, by all means, I'm going to give it my best. You know, what, what more could I give? Uh, I mean, I guess it could give, uh, I say, well, if this is your best, yeah, I guess you don't really need to worry about giving your worst or your, you know, and I say, that's right. If, it was, if I wasn't giving my best, I, would be, I wouldn't be here. I'd be on the couch because uh, they think it's like 3.30 on a Saturday right now. So that's what I'm here for. I'm dedicated to this uh, podcast. And I guess it's like seven minutes into the intro, but I, like uh, for people that, have been, that are new here, have been listening to for a long time. This I'll try to package this real quick, but I am dedicated to this show. Uh, you know, when I'm recording this, I just got back a week ago from having two weeks away from my day job, and meeting with seeing family and doing a little family reunion stuff, and. Because I, I work a full time job, and then I work the podcast, which is also a full time job. I guess when I was preparing for vacation from my day job, I was like, oh, I'll still work on the podcast full time because that'd only be 40 or 50 hours, which would be easy. Uh, if I'm not at my day job, you know, I say, well, that'd be like, I'll be vacationing like I'm at my day job and then still working on the podcast. Uh, but then as I got on vacation, I realized, you know, geez, one, it was in Florida and it's so hot there and humid and then the air conditioning. So I just decided, well, well, I guess I'll like, I still had to work about 20 or 30 hours a week just to release repeats and stuff. Uh, but I didn't record any full episodes for two weeks, which is the longest in, in the three years I've been making this show or almost three years that I've gone without making an entire podcast episode. And like I said, I wor still worked on the show. It wasn't like I took the two weeks off, but I didn't record in, uh, you know, it wasn't at my day job, so so I had some time. I had a little distance between me and the show. And when I got back, I realized uh, that I love making this show. Uh, it, you know, when you're, it was like not like I missed it. I did miss making the show, but just having some space between me and the podcast, and it didn't rest me because it was not a restful vacation. It was like a a family vacation. But it, just being away from the show for a little while, I mean, it's really tough doing it with a day job and the podcast. So let me, like, that's not sustainable, but, you know, we'll figure all that out. 
but I realized how much I love making the show, how much I love making it three times a week with the different style episodes we do. And I heard from some, some, some very special people that are going through tough times in the deep dark night. And I think because I was away from the stress of my day job and the podcast, like that had an extra impact on me. And I realized how special this thing is we have together with you as the listener and me as the person that has the honor of producing the podcast and serving the audience. Uh, and that, that, that by, the way I can serve you is by telling silly stories, which is kind of my childhood dream. And so, uh, you know, if anybody that's been here a while, you know, is, is still trying to figure out financially how to keep making this podcast, but I don't really care uh, anymore. I mean, I do, I need to care, but, uh, uh but, you know, I'll, I'll figure in part, a lot of it's just my overthinking about everything and over worrying and stuff like that. But I'll tell you what, being away from the show for two weeks and my, my job for two weeks, it did bring me a lot of clarity around what a truly unbelievable opportunity making this podcast is and on all these intangible levels of getting to make make up stories and getting to put people to sleep that are out there in in their own deep dark nights just i don't know so oh boy i guess if you're new here this isn't usually but uh I don't know. I'm dedicated to this podcast, I guess, and dedicated to its release schedule and finding a way to make it work. Uh, because I want to be here for you, like I said, uh, to take your mind off of stuff. Uh, so that's it. I'm glad you're here. And uh, if your first few times here and you're skeptical, yeah, it takes. It can take a while to uh, uh, get used to the show. It doesn't work for everybody, as I said, but I hope it works for you. And I'm glad you're here. I appreciate your time, and I really hope I really yearn to help you fall asleep. Uh, housekeeping, we're on the web, www.sleepingpodcast.com. Older episodes are there. Uh, you can comment on the website. You can get me at Twitter at Dear Scooter. On Facebook, at Sleep With Me Podcast. I want to thank Chris Posty Posterson from Sounds Like an Earful Podcast, uh, who edited this episode, does the theme music. I want to thank Jonathan Mann from JonathanMann.net who does the lullabies. You can commission a song from him over there. I want to thank Scotty and Jennifer on our, on our, on our artwork. I want to thank everyone that supports the show financially at sleepwithmepodcast.com slash support, uh, particularly the monthly patrons just because it helps me budget uh, long term. I uh, want uh, to, we have a Facebook group of listeners. That's the sleepingpodcast.com slash nods, N-O-D-S. In uh, the over there, Lida, Laura, uh, Julie C., Jennifer B., Summer and Sarah. And that's it. Let's get on with the show. Uh, hey, everybody. This is just Scoots Drew here. It's into uh, July right now when I'm recording this. And I guess this will come out probably in August, but it's still like prime vacation season. And I know, uh, you know, travel, some people listen to this podcast on planes. Some people listen to it after vacation. Some people listen to it during. Some people, we have a lot of uh, like people in the travel business that work on this show. It's been a while since I said, geez, like, uh, so I just got back uh, a week ago from vacation in, uh, in Florida, family vacation. Uh, 
And first of all, I guess, so I said, geez, should I just do an episode where I kind of talk about my experiences? Because they definitely have plenty of stuff, material I gathered there uh, for other episodes. Uh, but that would be more in the, you know, in the, like, uh, I said, geez, is there a way I could do it that's sleepy and dull, but also real? I said, well, maybe not. So I said, I think Ray's going to come on, and we're going to talk about Orlando and, and Florida. But I know I've talked about this before. I said, is it, can't we come up with another term, like when you're vacationing with family? That's that's not the same. Like, And I, I'm not saying this because uh, I, I had a good trip. Like, this isn't a negative. But I think there should be an, another vocabulary word other than vacation. It, like... Uh, because, and everyone knows this, I can feel heads nodding. Hopefully you're nodding off, so I'll slow down even more in case there's any resonance here. Uh, but it's definitely not vacation, because, like, mostly when I, th- when I think of vacation, I mean, I, I, unfortunately, I'm one of those people that on a, like, a, a DNA, probably on a DNA level, genetic level, I'm not capable of vacationing. I mean, in my mind, I'm, I'm, I'm really good at, in Ray, me and Ray will talk about anticipation. Uh, but when it comes down to the actual, well, no, I like swimming. I, I do. But so this vacation, about, like, so when you, when you go somewhere with a family reunion or a holiday, when you travel for a holiday to be with family, I mean, let's, can we just agree as, uh, like, uh, that that's not, va- like, can't we just, can we just get another term? And I think the last time I talked about it, I said, can't we get something, I mean, especially with this election, can't we get, can we get this on the platform to say, well, that's not, let, let's not to use your vacation time for that. I mean, it's almost like a blend of sick, it should be a blend of sick leave. And, uh, I mean, in some sense it should, like, uh. And maybe other cultures have it more healthy than this American version. But it's like uh, here, if you can scrounge together two weeks off uh, paid uh, where you're not shamed at work over a year, you're you're in a very enviable position, which I, I, I can see that I am in. But still, it's a well, okay, this is one of these uh, first world problems. Cause it, but still, it was, to, you know, it was with family. So... Can I get just one of those weeks back? Uh, because I guess, like I said, like when I picture it, it's like one of those commercials with the blue water in the sand, and you're sitting there. Now I could get—I don't know how many how many hours I could do that for. I mean, I, I could probably swim. No, maybe we should. Maybe we should get. Should we get solo? Should we get, how about solo? What about for us introverts? Is solo vacationing a thing? I don't think I have the courage to do that. I think I would just be too self-conscious about it. And also, maybe that'll be the next. Maybe if I make a movie, it'll be a solo vacationer. Like kind of like the, that was what kind of what the accidental tourist was about a little bit. The sadness of uh, the lonely vacationer. Oh boy, I didn't think I'd get into this this fast. I, so I just tried to come up with a political platform, and it just showed how what a sad little man I am. Uh, but I used to think it's just like when you get back and people say, "Oh, how was vacation?" You must you and say, "Well, it was it wasn't it wasn't that kind of vacation." But anyway, it was great. Uh, sorry, mom, if you were listening and you fell asleep when I was like, it was great vacation. By the way, it just wasn't. I just looking for another word. 
Because you see, that doesn't sound degrading. Because they don't mean it is degrading, but it just doesn't capture the level of exhaustion. You know, when you're when you're positive. Oh, pos- such positive exhaustion. You know, hundred percent positive. Oh, here's my neighbor, Ray. Ray, can you come in and save me from this? Uh, well, hello, everybody. This is your friend, Ray. So good to have you here in your ears, to, to, for you to have me here in your ears. And yes, I just had the honor of going out of town with Landy here for, for a few weeks, believe it or not. And he said, Ray, you know, I mean, spoiler, over the next six to 12 months, your friend Ray will be getting some airtime. Maybe Scooter's looking at me right now. Uh, but it may be every other month, he said. He said, probably it's best to, to have you every other month, Ray. And I said, it would be my honor, your honor. But so little Andy and I, we had a little vacation time with his family. I heard him saying, oh boy, we need a new word for vacation. So he said, could this be an episode where we talk about vacation? Because, oh boy, he's a... Uh, He's a special man, you little, you little scooter, little scoots, little Andy, as I like to call him. And him and I, we have, you know, we have much different outlooks on life, uh, even though we're friends. He, he is, he's, we, so we were on vacation and he, he just, he just has a, his way of navigating things is different than your friend race. And I try, you know, I'm trying to help him. But I thought, he said, well, this ego, because we had some talks about it. And uh, and he said, well, I don't know how we would do a show where we're talking and we would use up a whole episode. Would that be sleepy? And I said, Scooter, you're the master. You'll figure it out. And he said, well, okay. So I guess we'll, we'll talk about, uh, did you have a question for me, Andy? Uh, Scoots, it's Scoots on the show, Ray. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I, I call you all those things, but I should address you. Okay, okay. So so how would you want to talk about this vacation? Like, would you want to talk about the things you learned, the most important thing you learned that we talked about? That was powerful. I think you should share that in case anybody's still awake. Okay, you mean about the, 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 about being an introvert? Oh, yes, because that's just the difference between you and I is that I, you know, gain the energy from other people. And you, uh, and it's, it, this is a loaded thing, so you should feel free. To, why don't you take over the mic and talk about it for a minute? Okay, thanks, Ray. And I guess I have to um, thank Melissa D to the B out there, because uh, we've been having this ongoing conversation about uh a little bit about introversion and extroversion, and maybe that that might become a podcast episode for her. Um, but it, 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 unfortunately, I had talked to Melissa a couple of weeks before I left for vacation, and it, her, the lessons I learned from her uh, didn't until the last day of vacation. I didn't realize that. Uh, so thanks, Melissa. Next vacation, I may be more prepared. But yeah, I mean, this was interesting. Thanks, Ray. That uh, so I don't know what to break down in the general population of introverts, extroverts is, in of listeners, uh, introverts, extroverts, and this isn't meant to be divisive or put anybody. But it, this was a, it was the biggest lesson I learned. 
And I think it was the seed Melissa planted in my head a little bit because we've just been talking about, you know, and you hear this like how, uh, what is it? Introverts are have like a high level of internal stimulation. Uh, so, you know, they need like quite a long time to recharge where uh, extrovert, I don't know the th- thing. And then extroverts have like less, uh, like they get their stimulation from other people. So they get recharged. I don't know what it is to be honest, but, but, but so I'm definitely an introvert and, uh, you know, it's, I don't, I guess, uh, you know, my mindset around this vacation was, okay, I'm going to pay a bunch. Of, I was going to go out of town for a week. But then I said, well, it's going to cost me so much money to fly across the country with my daughter. And, you know, getting across the country is going to cost me a lot of money. And so I said, well, hey, I can get two weeks off of work. Uh, like uh, maybe stretching out will make it more relaxing. And maybe I would record the pod- like a bunch of podcast episodes for, for the first week. And my daughter, you know, she she's just in this, this perfect age uh, where she's nine. So it's like, uh, you know, so, so nine, like going to Orlando, Florida has a bit, you know, was a pre- pretty cool meaning. And then just I've been really busy with the podcast on top of my day job. So I thought it'd be a nice time for us to connect uh, and... Uh, and uh, what was my point about introversion? So I said, well, let me take two weeks. But I, what I didn't realize, I guess, let's see, let's see. I was trying to tell the biggest lesson I learned. Uh, so about for half of my vacation, my whole family, just my immediate but extended family was there. My siblings, my parents, partners, and children, which came to number 19 of us were together. And uh, no, no major conflicts or personality conflicts, that, you know, compared low drama level as far as like a, a personal uh, conflict, I think. But still a lot of, uh, for, for still a lot of human interaction, I guess. And even, you know, even, I guess I didn't even realize that when you're in, or maybe this is, I guess I'm thinking out loud, but even like spending time with one or two people. I guess I didn't realize how important it was for me to find little pockets of time. And then this isn't meant to guilt the listeners, but, uh, you know, I would take a chunk in the middle of the day because uh, it's so hot in Orlando anyway. You know, the people would either go swimming or people would sleep in the air conditioning. And during that time, I'd work on the podcast. Uh, so in the middle of the day, when people were sleeping or swimming, I would work on the show. And so that wasn't really, that doesn't recharge because that's actual work. And I think a part of me was deluded into thinking, okay, that's my downtime. But I had these couple pockets, especially like at the second or last day where I would be go for a walk somewhere alone, outdoors, in, you know, tr- you know nature. I, like at this one point at, at the last or the second last day of the vacation, I went for a walk and this was next to this uh, river. I think it was a canal or a fake river at this hotel complex, uh, but it was nice. And uh, I don't know, it just had this magical refreshing where I said, holy cow, I really needed this. And I think there was one other time uh where I took a walk in the first week where it was my brother and his girlfriend, my daughter and her mom and me. 
you know, you think my parents had gotten there, but I that I had to, I said, let me walk back to the hotel and I'll go by myself. I'll go get the luggage and bring it to, because we we're changing hotels. And it was a nice long walk to the hotel and I just had this alone time. Oh, and there was two other times where I walked to the hotel. And those times they just refreshed me, but I guess they didn't make the, that I needed it. Uh, Ray sitting here smiling. So that was the biggest lesson I learned is next time. And this is, of course, this is one of these things we always do, or I always do is say next time. Uh, but I guess this is, there is a newness here because I realized, geez, that's precious. Uh, those moments I stole alone. And I guess you don't have to seal them. I guess that's part of being a, of this shame mechanism. Some of us are equipped with to say, well, why you got to be an introvert? And they say, I don't, I don't freaking know. I just am. And you say, well, who are you to need alone time? And I said, well, you know, I think I'm growing out of that slowly, maybe. They say, well, I can't help it. I, I actually enjoy going for a walk alone. And, and uh, not only do I enjoy it, I may actually need it. And to either even, now Ray's really smart, even counteract the next little, why would you need? Well, I'm at my best. You know, if I get a little bit of alone time, and a little of escape from people. I, I don't understand it, just like I don't understand how this podcast works. Uh, but, you know, just by going for a little walk, looking at some trees and some moss, you know, feeling the uh, unrelenting heat and humidity, listening to some bug sounds, you know, looking at water. That's a big thing for me, man. Water recharges me. Looking at it, being in it. Now, being in a pool full of people does not, uh, that's when I say, well, I need a little bit of a long time to look at the water. And I think I could even be around people, but just not in- interacting with people. And I guess it's weird. And I guess that's why we're human beings to say, geez, why is that something that you should be, you should get degraded for? Uh, but maybe it's just the old school, the old, uh, you know, way I was, uh, you know, they say, well, you got to break these people. You got to break scoots to to build them back up. And they say, well, actually, uh, sister, you forgot to rebuild. You you did the breaking, but you didn't do the rebuilding. Well, why why do you have to be rebuilt? Uh, but anyway, Ray, did you have any other comments about uh, my introversion? Well, oh, Scooter, Scooter. So congratulations on uh, being, being observing and growing. I think. Uh, and it's always interesting to me because I, as I am, I, I am, uh, now I enjoy being alone, but I guess I enjoy it in a different way. Your friend Ray, uh, because I also enjoy getting on the phone and talking on the phone. I know that's something you don't, uh, in a, yeah, say, I, I, I guess I'm the opposite. I'd say, well, geez, I've, I've had a little alone time. I want to get to the pool where everybody is and talk to your father or sit by your mother, or, you know, talk to one of your brothers, and, uh, you know, chew the fat, maybe drink, oh, the next thing we need to talk about is soda scooter. Okay, Ray. Um, So we should probably get to that right away. But, you know, it's nothing to be wrong with being an introvert or an extrovert or something in between, I guess is what your friend Ray would say. Uh, But, yeah, I I would have the opposite. I'd say, well, let's get to the, let's get to dinner. I want to, I want to, I want to, I want to, I want to stretch this time out with all these wonderful people. But you're saying it doesn't take anything away from the wonderfulness of the people. It's just part of who you are that you need a little bit of time. 
it's almost like you need to pay a little bit better attention, which is hard to do, to say, oh, I also have to take care of this little boy that lives inside me, which could get you shamed, but, you know, because they say, well, if you put the, you know, why, why you got to do that? But it's just a thing that needs to be done. Very loving thing, my friend. Uh, yeah, yeah, you're right about that, Ray. Thanks. Okay, so why don't you talk about the soda next? Okay, so we've talked about soda. Uh, is that what they call it? Some people call it Coke Pop. I don't know. In the UK, in other countries, is that what it's called? Soft drinks, I can think it'd be called too. But sugar, sparkling sugared beverages, uh, I guess would be our next topic. And oh, and oh, and that I have a hugely addictive personality and an obsessive personality. Um, but, you know, I talk a little bit about personal stuff here. So this is my first time going to like any kind of uh, like uh, to, to Orlando, Florida. And there's these theme parks there, Disney and Universal. It is my first trip there as a person that can't drink alcohol anymore. And so it's one part of this soda soda thing we'll talk about is like, uh, I was like wondering, geez, how am I going to do down there? And especially with the family dynamic and just previous trips with my family there, uh, drinking alcohol was, was one of the pastimes, I guess I would, and, and, and not like, I guess like it's hard to describe, uh, I mean, the people that can relate to it, you're already relating, but, uh. You know, I just like to 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 to, to consume adult beverages, and uh, I don't I don't know, in uh, just in a way to say, Jesus, you have a nice buzz on all the time. Now, now, it didn't work out that way, unfortunately. That that, but that would be my, but you know, the blueprint plan I would have had is yeah, just to kick back and have a couple. Of, uh, but anyway, like uh, so, I was wondering how I was going to do down there without that because. I had some interesting observations, I guess, about it. But one was like, uh, I guess maybe some people would call it harm reduction or whatever. It's like, okay, well, I can't drink alcohol. That's not, that's a no-go, 100% no-go. In in these theme parks, they have this new invention. Like we've talked about the freestyle soda machines before uh, that are popping up. But they have this new thing in these uh, theme parks where they have these like, uh, RFID tagged soda cups. So the soda cup at the bottom of it has a chip in it, a tiny, tiny chip. So it knows, like, so the, the, I think it's a both an efficiency. It's a way to, I mean, these are corporations, a way to extract the most possible money out of sodas uh, that they can. So smart business move, I think. I don't know what the data says. Uh, but so basically when you buy a soda, if you buy one soda, you know, they say, well, if you, if you get one refill, when you go to the uh, self-serve soda machine, they'll say, okay, you get one refill and they'll fill your soda. After that, I'll never fill it again because of the chip. Uh, and if you don't have a chip, you can't get soda. Now, in defense of theme parks, I will say, if you want water, you know, they give it to you free. And you see, just give me three cups of ice water. They'll give you three cups of ice water. So let's not, like, uh, totally lose it about this. You know, these are businesses uh, and their profit, you know, it's part of their, uh, it's their main motivation, I guess. Uh, but then you can also buy a plastic uh, cup with a chip in it and you pay like, uh, 
it would, would seem like an obscene amount. I think around $7. And then you can have as much soda that day as you want. Now, for someone like me, you say, okay, $7. Now, normal soda there is not cheap, like three fifty for a Coke, or three three fifty for a Coke. So $7 is like two or three Cokes. And a beer uh, is like about $9. So you're already seeing, okay, that's the easy decision for Scoots is this plastic uh, refillable soda cup. Now, the problem is I'm a lunatic, so... There's no way I'm paying $7 and not making what I, what in my mental illness is some sort of profit, you know, <laughs> at least I could convince myself of. So I say, okay, minimum of three Cokes I need to drink. And then very quickly with the, you know, your body says, well, I, now I need three Cokes starting at about 1030 AM. And again, part of this is offsetting. Maybe as I grow, I could drink, you know, just water. Next time, but it's like, geez, usually around then I would have, you know, I'd be having like a day drink anyway to say, well, it's a vacation. Why not? Uh, so drinking a Coke at 10 or 11 in the morning, probably be 11 because I'd, I'd be drinking coffee up until then. Uh, so in my case, it really isn't the, the, the harm reduction. I, I know it's it's horrible for, for, for my health. But so I was drinking an, 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 just an obscene amount of soda on this trip uh mostly coke uh and then uh, you know to try to just not totally destroy my sleep patterns root beer or if they had coke freestyle you know i was drinking pib cherry pib they had freaking universal parks anybody that's a mr pib fan they had mr pib uh, and you can make cherry pib uh, so that's pretty sweet, you know, pun, and pun, I guess that wasn't a pun, but it is. Uh, so these freaking soda cups, holy, you know, so I drank a lot of soda, which probably wasn't like, uh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what else to say. They, they're trying to think of a way to milk this for more time. Uh, but I guess like I would think I'd say, okay, well, uh. I paid, like, if I paid for the cup, because you'd keep the cup, then the next day you'd pay again. You'd say, say, you'd tell them, hey, give me my seven bucks worth. Or you'd give them another seven bucks. They'd, like, put the cup in some sort of, you know, uh, chip chip resetter. It'd tell the chip, hey, this guy paid for pretty, pretty, uh, I mean, from a business side. I mean, again, I guess I don't know what the data says, but like, uh, I guess they're get, getting data from the soda. You say, geez, if a soda machine could give data, what would it say? Oh, which opens up this whole other thing uh, about the uh, Disney monitoring system, which was cool. But so, yeah, so I drank a lot of soda, probably uh, minimum, oh God, I don't even know, at least six Cokes a day. I don't know how many thousands of calories that is, but, uh, and, you know, they were mixed with ice. So it wasn't like a 16 ounce Coke, but, uh, probably at least six, one, two, three. Yeah. Probably easy six Cokes a day. Cause, uh, or six sodas, which may seem gross, but it's also on uh, uh, the temperature in Orlando, Florida is obscene. It, that's another thing that's obscene. It's so freaking hot and humid. Like, so I'm human, I can't even recall how bad it was. But I remember, like, every day, like, around, like, 11 or 12, and that, you know, I'd be like, oh. And I'm a pretty hot-blooded person, like, uh, like so 
like heat doesn't bother me as much as other people, but man, like it bother, like, uh, I don't know. I was impressed, uh, you know, to, to, so hail solace or whatever. Uh, so, so that was interesting. So then the other thing that was interesting and and I guess this is something that's probably going to become ubiquitous and I guess it's like, uh, I don't know. I don't have the consp- level of conspiracy theory or bothers me like that. They have a chip in my soda and they can know how much soda I drank because it's not really. I guess I don't care. I'm a crazy soda drinker when I'm in these, you know, now I'm not drinking any soda ideally. But uh, in these circumstances, I like I'm like, well, if, if the, the theme park is generating more profit by collecting my soda data, you know, I've already given them uh, a ton of my money. so. Uh, but so Disney has this thing where they 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 put a band you put a band on your wrist they call it a magic band, and it's like a looks like a watch a, a plastic band without a watch face it has a little Mickey head on there, and it, it has like it apparently has two RFID chips in there one is like a passive chip and one is an active chip. And, you know, again, this doesn't bother me. I mean, there's way other bigger stuff to bother you. In, in fact, I, I really was impressed. I mean, and from a science fiction standpoint, even more impressive. So you wear this band in one, they probably, they, they put a lot of thought into it because it never fell off of me. I went on some freaking water slides. It's waterproof. I took showers. I swam in the pool. You know, it didn't pay attention, never fell off my wrist. And again, this might be, again, upsetting to some people, but two great things about it. One, it has your hotel key. Uh, so, and, and of course, yeah, it can identify. I don't know the privacy issues, but again, I guess I always look at it like you've already given this company your money. And you're technically on their private property, which you paid money to access so I guess them using use, extracting the data from all this doesn't doesn't disturb me as much as if it was you know if it was at my house and I'm trying to be private. Uh, but so yeah, you just wear it on your wrist and you touch it to your door and it would unlock your door like a hotel key and it and it works You're like no one else is getting into your room so don't worry about that. Um, and you can attach your, like, so if it's your room, it could also be your uh, credit card or whatever. You can have it linked to that. And you can put a PIN number in. But so basically, from that aspect, from a vacation, that you could leave your room and not have to worry about your keys or your wallet. was I loved that because I'm terrible at forgetting stuff. And it's just less annoying, like, uh uh, to be able to touch my door, you know, because a lot of times you got digs for your pockets, you're carrying crap. And, you know, if you wanted to pay for something, you just touch your little wrist thing to it and then give it and then it would, you know, charge it to your whatever, your room or your credit card. And I guess when you go into the parks, it's also your ticket. So they would, you know, they would know how to, you know, they would know how you're getting into the, you know, the park and stuff or whatever ticket you paid for to go to these parks. And then also, I guess the best difference between the passive and the active, like the, I don't know which one is when you touch something and then it reads it. It also has a chip in there so they can see where you're going. You know, they can see like kind of like a GPS, which to me makes is actually fascinating. And I don't think, I don't know how it's, uh, you know, if you just have a number, but to be able to see that of how people flow through these theme parks 
and all their behaviors has got to be invaluable for them to extract money from you, which is fascinating. Uh, but hold, hold, hold on one second. All right, sorry, you getting interrupted there, but I was, say, I was talking about how, geez, like the idea of them tracking you as you go to the, I mean, not in the bathroom, but as you stop at the bathroom, where you decide to, to stop moving, where you may sit, maybe sitting down. I don't know, I find that level of intrusiveness in a theme park setting or in this uh, fantasy world or faux fantasy world. I don't know, I guess that's where I fall on the, the data collection's fine with me. And I mean, I know I'm never going to be, I wouldn't be able to process the data. Uh, but, and I guess in some sense, it's like a, a, I'm willing because they say, well, Jesus, if this is going to make it more efficient for you to get my money in a way that, you know, also, you know, because it's kind of like when you go to a, one of these expensive theme parks, I mean, I guess there's like a couple of different kind of theme parks and we seem to have lost Ray at some point. I don't know if he's going to make it back or what, but, you know, you have your, uh, you have your county and you have your carnivals like uh, in fairs, state fair, county fair, fireman's field day, street fair. You know, that's all in a spectrum of uh, car carnival style. And then you even have like small scale, like in the Bay Area, you have like the Santa Cruz Beach Board Walk. Uh, so smaller level theme parks. uh I don't know, or like a street side, like a, what's that thing at the border, south of the border type stuff, like a, a roadside attractions, I believe they're called. And then you have uh, your uh, your thrill, th your regional theme parks. And then I guess just in a few places you have these more immersive theme parks, mostly Disney, and then in Orlando they have the other Universal with this Harry Potter. Well, you know, if they're going to collect data to make it more, you know, when you spend that amount of money, like when you go to like a regional theme park, you just want to ride the rides and hopefully you don't have to wait in that long line or hopefully too many, you know, teens don't get on your nerves or whatever, but you just go there to ride, you know, ride some rides, so you, get, you know, get a day w with the family or a day with your friends, you know, or go for a Halloween thing or whatever. But these expensive theme parks usually it takes a couple of days to see this stuff. It's incredibly expensive. So you want to, if you're going to enter that compact, if you're going to give them this amount of money and you're going to drink obscene amounts of soda, uh, I guess, and, and I guess because there's competition, like uh, they seem to say, well, it's just we're going to make it worth it. You know, uh, they they realize they're in a compact too. So so you know, unfortunately for the people that work there, I don't think they. I, I mean. They have to behave pleasantly. I don't think they get paid enough, but I'm not positive about that. And, you know, they have to act happy, and they do a good job of that. They do a good job. What was my point, though? But if so, if the data makes any of that efficient, and these are, you know, I think these are big money makers nowadays. Like, I think there's been a history of these theme parks. Uh, I, don't, I don't know. Maybe I shouldn't. But I guess my point was, so you wear this band around at all times. They call it a magic band. And I think for them it is magic. For you it's like, yeah, like a lower irritant level. 
I mean, is, if you, t- I mean, I don't know if I, I could be trusted with the band. You know, I say you don't, don't ever, you, you never have to carry your wallet or keys again. Then I would lose the band. But I don't know. That was the top appeal for me. Number one appeal was, wait a second, I don't have to find keys or a wallet. And since I don't drink anymore and I was consuming so many soda calories, actually, that was another thing is, I was, you know, my body did say, what are you doing to me? So I couldn't consume sweet calories because I was consuming so many soda sweet calories. So I guess that was a plus is that I just didn't eat a lot of sweets, which I had planned on. I said, I'm going to get one, you know, like a, like Agent Cooper, Agent Dale Cooper from Twin Peaks. I said, I'm going to buy myself a present every day. Instead, I said, I'll you know, I didn't say this. I guess I didn't make a decision. I said, I just paid $6 for this soda cup. I got to get more soda. So when's the next soda machine? I got to get some more soda here. And, and the people I was with, you know, they find, you know, they find me funny just like you all do. Uh, so they would make joke, you know, but it wasn't a joke. They say, you're going to go get more soda. I say, thanks for reminding me. So sometimes the podcasts in real life are pretty, I'd say, yep, I'm going to go right now. I'm going to run ahead and go get some soda. Good idea. And everyone would have a chuckle, but I would be, I'd be say, yeah, I gotta, I'll, be, I'll meet you at the next turn in the path because i got to get some more of the soda. And to wrap up the soda thing, it's like, okay, well, uh, it's, it was cheaper, and I think, you know, when I drink an obscene amount of soda, usually it doesn't affect my behavior too much. I didn't have too many temper tantrums. Uh, so we have the soda. Can, I'm trying to think what else from that I needed to relay to all you listeners I could do in lulling, soothing tones. I mean, there is the fact, and I, I mentioned this in the opening, that I did, and and this was a unique experience for me, and I don't know if anyone else has been through this before, and this was unintentional, so it was a, it was a, a place of irritation for me. I booked a hotel on the hotel's opening night without knowing it. Uh, so I stayed, we were supposed to stay at this hotel for two nights, and I, I, I got a, it was a regular. A rate with a discount so it's not like it was this unbelievable deal it was like okay it was a comparable price when i was shopping for hotel rooms and actually it was very close to another hotel that was nearby and i was debating okay well this one's gonna this one's slightly newer so i'll stay there because it was like a, about an eight dollar price difference uh, but so i booked this hotel i'm not going to name it because i don't want like everyone there was trying very hard but i did not know and so I was staying at another hotel, and I said, geez, I'm going to this hotel tomorrow. And everyone said, really? I don't think that hotel's open yet. And I said, what do you mean? And then I did some research and ended up that the first night I was checking in there was the opening night of the hotel. And let me just say this was a caveat. Like, if I knew, it, well, one, I was paying too much for staying in a hotel on opening night, which was resolved, but... uh it wasn't like a, it wasn't like a super expensive hotel, but I it, like uh, it was uh, it was too much to stay at an opening night. Uh, what I was paying uh, because I like I wasn't staying there for the uniqueness of uh, being there on opening night. I was just staying there to stay at a hotel while we went to Harry Potter to see the Harry Potter theme parks. And so that did not, like, uh, that tested scoots on many levels because, uh, 
First of all, there's anticipation because everyone's like, I don't think that hotel is going to be open. So then the day before, I was worried. So I called. I said, hey, I guess are you opening? to?" And they said, yeah, tomorrow's the first day. Don't worry. Everything will be ready. Three o'clock. That's when we ch- start checking people in. You'll be fine. You'll be in your room by 4 p.m. I swear what the person said to me. I said, terrific. I'll see you tomorrow. And I can say, and I guess I do have like a little bit of, and I haven't written a letter, but I will. Like opening a hotel, by definition, there's no way it can go well. And it has to be opened at some point. Uh, so my biggest, biggest complaint is, geez, like I booked a hotel a couple of months ago. Why can't, why didn't you get, you knew I had the reservation. You knew I was supposed to pay full price. Why didn't you call me and say, hey, by the way, the hotel's opening on the first day you checked in. Maybe, I mean, because I would have changed my reservation. They'd say, do, do you know what happens when a hotel opens? It goes, it doesn't go good, you know, because we're opening. And I don't know if you can have, they, I guess they did kind of have a soft, it wasn't really a soft opening. They opened a, half the hotel the first night. Uh, which I think was the mistake. They probably should open like 25%, you know, if they wanted to make me happy. But uh, again, I don't know if people were staying there for free or for big discounts. And I ended up getting a discount. Uh, but it did take some, uh, uh, it, was just, it did take a few years off my life. And it was really a comedy of errors. And in, in a way, once they secured the discount for both nights, and that took a couple different calls. Uh, for the most part, I was like, okay, like now I can appreciate the comedy airs. I was still, cause I was paying like a rate consummate with, you know, everything like in a, in the staff there, holy cow, what a great job. I'm not going to name the hotel, but if someone is inferring, you know, everybody there was doing the best job they possibly could. And I could really relate because it's like, okay. This just isn't going to go well. This hotel's never had people in it. And uh, now we got to open it. And I'm sure maybe it was an accounting thing. We're like, okay, we're opening half of it to the first night. And then I think they opened another uh, of the second half. They opened most of the rest of the second half, the second night. Uh, but when I first went to check in, it was, I think it was a three-hour wait to check in. So I said, no, I can't handle that. I'm going to wait in line to pay you money. That's, you know, not my, but, you know, that I'm barely a sane person to be. Do you know how many sodas I've had today, sir? So then this lovely person, she said, you just go down to the pool and, you know, then come back in a couple hours. So we did that. And then in Orlando, it gets, so then the pool had to shut down because of the thunderstorms right after we ordered lunch. Um... You know what? I think I did end up paying for that lunch. I thought the lunch was going to be free after they could have said, you know, oh boy. I did end up getting the lunch. Then just tried to check in again. Couldn't do that. I ended up checking in the hotel like 11 o'clock at night. Um, but yeah, it was, it was, everybody was trying really hard. And, you know, at least I don't, like, I wondered, geez, if I went into a, or, or like, a, like I got really angry, would I be treated better? Because I always just act like a neurotic person. I said, geez, I, can't, I just can't believe this. It is like a bit like a movie, like I'm like a movie. I just can't believe this. Why didn't you tell me? 
you know, I realize, and they say, sir, sir, you know, and they were trying to use every, well, tell me what you're upset about. I said, I don't know if you have the time for me to tell you, because it's a list, it's a long list. And they said, you must realize, you know, every, you know, and then they'd say, you don't want me to go through the rest of the list, really, do you? And they said, well, you know, just tell me some of the things that, I said, well, no, no, it's, yeah. And the one thing I honestly wanted was not to have to wait in line at the theme park. And they could, they could, sometimes I wonder if I shouted if they would do that. Because they said, they said, well, we can give you a discount or free food. I said, well, I just don't want to wait in line. At the, I know you could, can't you give me some, some passes to not wait in line at the theme park? And they said, you know, that's what, it, when I talk to a manager, the manager said, I'm sorry, I'm not authorized to do that. I'm that, I'm that guy. It might as well be written on my shirt. Uh, but they did actually give me a discount on the room, so so it was it was fair. It was a fa- fair fair deal, and I guess it was interesting to to be in a hotel. I mean, and, and I can tell you just flat out. I mean, you're opening restaurants. I think I ate it ate the pool, which was like a hamburgers, you know, and then ate it. Then they said, "Hey, we'll give you free." Uh, breakfast, and that didn't go well. Even though the breakfast was free, still didn't, you know, it was a lot of problems just because no one has done it before. Um, and I don't, I guess you, it's not like, it, or, or, you know, and then I think we ate, ate dinner or like a late lunch. That didn't, you know, that was like a two and a half hour ordeal. I think brunch, which was a buffet, still took a couple hours. Uh, but it was like, you know, like, uh, I don't know. It was wild. I just couldn't believe it. You say, what, what in the heck? I, I couldn't. I say, you got to be kidding me. The hotel opens tonight. And I guess, I guess I'm still surprised because I guess maybe everybody would have canceled if he said, wait a second, the hotel opens on the day I get here. What would you suggest I do? And if the person, I guess if you're in the hotel business, you probably know you say, uh, do you don't want to stay there probably. It was what I, at least at full, if they said, hey, we'll give you this cheap rate. I mean, that was the other thing, you know, I get crazy. So I was like, is, are people staying here for free? I should have just said that. Uh, like, are people staying here for free? Am I paying, you know, again, but I'm not that sane. But, and again, if uh, anybody's figuring this out, like, uh, that worked there, every person, like, uh, for dealing with me, they were like 10 out of 10 stars. I mean, they didn't, and also for like it was towing the line to, to not give me exactly what I wanted. And I said, well, that person has a lower level of self esteem, so we'll just, uh, but I was persistent, I guess. I, I mean, every, like, I'm not kidding though when I say everything went wrong, like the wrong luggage. And then the person, this was at 11 o'clock at night, he said, well, can you give my luggage to the room? Now they have a room. My daughter's nine. She's barely, you know, She have you seen a kid have a meltdown in a theme? You know, he said, she's at meltdown stage. I just want to brush my teeth. And then the poor bell, the, the, the luggage service kid, he was literally a kid. And it was obviously the first time he said, he, you know, he said, Mr. Jones, I have your luggage. And I said, my name is not Mr. Jones. And that is not my luggage. And then he, or actually, I think he was never came. They said, it will be right up. And then I called like a half hour, hour later. I said, where? And they said, oh, we'll be right up. And that's when he said, Mr. Jones, I have your luggage. And then, uh, and then he said, no, that's not my luggage. 
And then they came back, and then there was, like, the issue with the towel. Let's see, toilet towels. Room never got cleaned, but that's not that big a deal. But, you know, towels. Uh, I don't know, eating, waiting. No one was rude, though. No no one was rude. Uh, like I said, uh, the, the staff, they really did their best. There was a couple of communication issues, but I have communication issues with all humans, so... Yeah, there was other stuff, but it was one issue. When this, so that that was like staying in a hotel. So it was unique uh, staying in a hotel the first day it ever opened. I mean, I guess that's what I was telling Sophia. I'm like, well, this is the first, you know, I, I've never been able to say that. It's the first night someone slept in the hotel. You know, hopefully our room wasn't the one where someone was like, you know, no one slept in, you know, but hopefully not. That didn't happen. Uh, so that was so that was interesting. And then the other thing he took away from this vacation that maybe Ray will talk about when he does his show. So he'll do a couple shows over the next, you know, like we'll, we'll leak them out slowly. Um, it's like this whole thing. And the other thing about these theme parks uh, and vacation in general, in like with the, my problem is like is like the idea of a nostalgia and anticipation versus actual vacationing. And then my old way of vacationing, which was to kind of have a nice, smooth, detached buzz on the whole time. That was a kind of new for me is to be somewhat present. And maybe that was probably part of my problem with the heat was that I was actually physically and mentally present. And I was like, holy, I don't like this heat. Like, is it back when I had a, like, I had a, when I would have a swerve on or whatever, I'd say, yeah, man, like, it's hot. It's say kick, but I would be kicking, you know, I would literally be kicking it, even if, and I would be swerving and kicking it, uh, you know, so I, I'd be like gelatinous. But, you know, can't make a podcast when you're gelatinous. It turns, I mean, that's a fact. So I can know I can't be a gelatinous man anymore. So I guess I still have my, I can still get my swerve on, but not, not a chill swerve or jello. You know, I don't have any more jello swerves. You know, I just have this, you know, spastic swerves. Uh, but so the whole idea of like, um, and this, I guess, is part of me. I'm not there yet. I'm not an adult and I'm trying to grow and learn. Uh, but this whole idea of like when you're getting ready for a vacation, when you're planning, like I said, pick this hotel. I'm like, okay, well, let's check these rates here. And I like doing it. Like I can't, part of me likes doing this. I say, well, let's, what kind of discount can I get with this place? And what kind of discount can I get there? What is their like frequent, you know, stayer club? You know, if you join that or where, where is it located? And another thing, I guess I didn't get enough of this because I didn't rent a car uh, because of the ubiquitousness of, like, transportation now. Though there still is some, um, what do you call that? What is it? Not a dictatorship, but uh, what, are the tr- what, did, what did we bust the trust for? Monopoly. There's still a couple monopolies in Orlando with transportation, but they're slowly being, you know, these new transportation things are making inroads, but I do love to see the tourists. So I didn't get a chance to, since I didn't have a rental car to really delve into. So I'll probably be back to Orlando a few times. I'd love to do some episodes in some of these more really touristy places. 
like at one hotel I was staying at. Oh, also, uh, because I'm insane, I didn't stay at one hotel. And you say, well, why did you do it? Well, because I'm not insane. I said, well, wouldn't in this, I guess there's another like pro-am tip, which I learned. I said, well, I said, wouldn't that be fun before my family gets there? Like, what if I, what if, you know, we stay at a hotel, like for only one night or two nights? And why did I decide that? Well, part of it is like these freaking hotels, they change, like one night might be like one third of the cost of the next night. And once I realized that and that they didn't correspond, I said, well, it's $89 here on Tuesday and it's 189 on Wednesday, but on this hotel, it's $89. So I'll say, you know, the, so, uh, or, you know, just, and I said, well, that'll be fun. Changing hotels is not, not fun. It's a, it's a, it's unique. It's interesting, but, but you really learn that like, especially in Orlando, you really need that hotel room between like after checkout between 11 and four. When you can't be in a hotel room, that's when you need it the most. Because uh, that's when you can hunker down in the air conditioning and you can take a nap. So that kind of backfired. But I did get to see, I mean, I stayed at so many, I don't know how many, like, uh, motel-type hotels I stayed at. But um, that was an experiment. Um, and of course, also then there was like one that we only stayed at. I mean, we stayed at it was like me, my brother, his girlfriend, my daughter, her mom. And it was like a, we we all jammed into this one room. It had like two beds and a fold-out bed, so we all had a place to sleep. But uh, it uh, it was like the one that I said, "Well, this place isn't half bad," and we were literally there. You know, you know, it was like one of those ones. A lot of times you don't stay that much in the room anyway. But so the anticipation of like planning that and saying, well, geez, and I thought with I'd be recording a lot. So then I said, well, the more hotels we can hit, the more strange stuff I can come up with. And we'll see, you know, we'll see what we can mine. But, you know, because you got plenty of stuff written down and pictures taken and stuff. So, uh, but uh, what do you say? Um, but the anticipation of the vacation for me. Uh, it, I guess when you, after vacation, it's like, did they, like you wonder about the, like the actual facts of life. Like, was that real? Did that ever happen? Or was it only an anticipation and now it's a nostalgic memory? Was that ever real? And I say, I got to leave a pause there because I say, geez, I don't know. Was, did that really happen or not? Like, and that's when I wonder if like, uh, we're in the Sims game. But I'm like, I'm going to say, well, I'm pretty sure I remember being, standing there. Remember? Remember how irritated you got with that hotel that just opened? I said, okay, that was real. You're right. That was real. And the joy of seeing my daughter at Harry Potter Land, J.K. Rowling. I'm like, oh, this Harry Potter Land. There's two part, two two uh, lands and two different theme parks. It's unbelievable if you're a Harry Potter fan or a fan of, like, uh, uh, if you like to suspend your disbelief, like holy moly, it was like I mean, it was it was, it was spectacular, and like and, and just like the uh, uh, I don't know other word I can just say, and this is only my um, circumstantial thoughts about it, but I think that her, her dominance, Miss Rowling, 
is it J.K. Rowling, right? Uh, the fact that she she had total like like she had like the final say on everything was so beneficial for all parties involved because this is like the most top notch stuff I've ever seen in my life. As far as suspension of disbelief, but also as far as money extraction in a fair way. Like, I mean, you couldn't, like, uh, it was like you spent a lot, like, like you know, they have magic wands, they have uh, Weasley's Joke Shop, they have the restaurants from the books, they have Butterbeer, uh, they have the ice cream parlor. So it's like, uh, so you're, like, spending money. So the corporation that owns it is making money hand over fist, but you're getting, I mean, you don't feel like you're getting ripped off. And, and I mean, I guess some people might, but I say when, when, you, when you're with a nine-year-old Harry Potter fan uh, and you see, you say, geez, this really is a one once in a lifetime opportunity uh, before, you know, I get, start to get on her nerves. Uh, she realizes, dad, you're not so cool. And I said, well, yeah, you're really, you knew that all along. So there's like the preparation, the anticipation of a vacation, and then there's the nostalgia afterwards. And I also think this is like goes for fast food too. Is like uh, that that's kind of like one thing these things prey on. I think or they use to their advantage. Um, but in some way, I say, well, they they they. I really felt like uh, at least from the suspension of disbelief part. And the, like, opportunity to build these fictional, you know, semi-fictional things or, like, with these uh, diversions. They say, okay, well, like, I feel like it's almost like, uh, I don't know. But then you can't take it with you. It's just like an experience, you know. So then you say, well, geez, I'm paying this much money for this temporary experience. And they say, no, you get the anticipation and the nostalgia and you don't even pay for that. And I say, well, excuse, well, let me, they said, let me, why, let me touch my magic band to that, sir. So I don't know. I guess that's a few thoughts. I wish Ray would came, came back. I think the Gregor and, uh, and Mikey, I don't know what happened to be honest. Uh, I guess once they started rambling, but so this, I guess some thoughts about vacation and stuff. I hope that, uh, you know, I hope that distracted you for a while. I'm trying to think of what else I could think of, uh, it's just right now I'm picturing the look from that room, from the hotel room, uh, the first, the one that had just opened. Uh, but, you know, I also, uh, yeah, and the taste of that butterbeer is good. It's like some sort of, uh, like a dessert drink. It's not out, not alcoholic. Uh, that's pretty good. Me and Sophia snuck a butterbeer one time behind my brother's back. He said, hey, we'll meet you in a little while, man. Frozen butterbeer, actually. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. So that's a little bit about a, it's a little vacation chatter from your buddy Scoots and Drew. And somewhere, Ray. I thought I was going to debate Ray, but that kind of seems counterintuitive to the sleep podcast. That's a little bit why he didn't come back. Because, well, I don't know if we should debate vacation stuff. And he said, well, so what did you do on vacation? Drank, drank, so stayed in a hotel the day it opened and the, and the second night it opened. You know, aged about five or six years there. 
Then they drank, you know, aged. They drank thousands of gallons of soda. Uh, you know, checked out Harry Potter land. That was awesome. Uh, you learned that I have some limits as far as, uh, people go and that I should need to respect those limits a little bit better. I swam, though, you know, pools full of people is not, you know, I'm not really a germaphobe or a people phobe, but I just, you know, I know, I say, well, geez, I can't, I don't know. I, I like natural bodies of water. I guess it, it's my preference. I really, I guess I realized it was, she said, like, I, uh, I don't know about the Florida heat. You know, it's a bit much. Florida heat, a bitch. And I'm sounding like a, like a, like an old woman. Florida, it was a bit much, that Florida heat. I guess I could comment on myself as old. He, he just drank soda the whole time. I don't know what he was doing. Uh, what else? Do you have any other words of wisdom? Uh, I think that's it. You know, wore a lot of sunscreen. Um, I don't think I, you know, I brought sunscreen with me. Trader Joe's almost lasted me till the end of the trip. But then I had to, uh, you know, switch over. So that was, I said, well, I brought a little California. I mean, it's probably not made in California anyway, their sunscreen, but, uh, so, yeah, well, I, I hope you get some good night's sleep. Or maybe say, well, or say, you know, say, geez, at least you didn't you know, drink drink less soda. And uh, that's it. Good night. Yeah, so it's some thank yous and good nights. I've been learning to, somebody said, you need to see the writing, learn the writing on the wall or see the writing on the wall. Uh, they said something like that. Uh, something about the writing. I don't know. I was, I stopped listening. I think that was, so, so I started, I said, I've been practicing. So these are written. These are reviews about the podcast. I saw right, right, the writing on the wall. Isn't that the writing on the wall in some sense? You gotta read. read the writing on the wall. Do you have to understand it or just anyway? Uh, Jenny Zobaski, thank you so much. Five stars. You're my crutch. My sleeping pill. Save my mornings. Uh, and if I, I want to get enough sleep to drive my daughter to school, don't know why it works, but it does. Yeah, thank you. I've recommended your podcast to my doctor. Thanks, and I'll donate. Oh, thanks, Jenny's. Uh, how about this one? Jonti Alouette. Jonti Alouette. Alouette. Oh, I'm not this thing. Jonti Alouette. It's pretty good, though. It's very phonemic. It's almost phonemic. Jonti Alouette. Thank you. Wake or sleep, this is solid gold, they say. Their phonemicisms are great, though, too. Uh, five stars. Not what one might expect. Thank goodness for that. The idea is to distract us from stuff that turn over over our minds in bedtime. Distraction comes in not only in the form of a silly bedtime. Oh, in the form of a silly bedtime story works. At first, the voice's host, the host's voice, may seem unlikely agent to carry you across the threshold from wake to sleep. But if you're willing to give it some time, you know, perhaps avoid the early episodes. They're old. Uh, uh, so, stumble upon something silly, soporific, horrific storyteller. That's some alliteration who can lull us to sleep with their own style. Uh, adding to the show's appeal is the community, which you can participate if you choose. Drew's a nice, not bad, uh, best of all, champion of human kindness. I'd like to be the, uh, I don't know if I could be the champion of it, but I'd say, Jesus, could I be like the guy that lights the rocket? 
Uh, some of us empathize with and relate to his escape from his darker days. Scoots help brighten our deep, dark nights so we may live brighter, happier days. Give it a week and sleep well. Thanks, uh, Jean Alouette. Uh, and this is from uh, uh, Cicely. Cicely from France. Uh, Cicely, Cicely T. Insomnia Slayer, don't know why, but this guy puts me right to sleep. I'm forever grateful. Thank you. I'm forever grateful for your writing on my wall. Uh, me, how you know? Me, how you know? Me, how you know? Brilliant Z's. Don't know what, what this guy smokes uh, before recording these, but I need it. Yes, my smoke. It's just smoke being myself. It's just, unfortunately, it's the short smoke of a short circuit. Uh, girl, girl watcher, great humanitarian work of soporific genius. No idea how these stories end, but I'm uh, grateful for this. My spouse, spouse is grateful I don't take Ambien and say strange things. Thanks, girl watcher. Uh, how about this one all the way from Japan? Macy, Macy Kling. At times masterful. Oh, boy. The podcast has gone through many phases from the first episodes to later ones. Yes, slow evolution. Around episode 100, Scooter's voice. Actually, that 100, is that when I changed mics? That's a low gravelly. We come, have come to know low love so well. Not to say the first aren't good. They're, you know, they're not bad. Is description of probiotic sandwich shop and the Macy's Parade or Triumphs in the boredom genre. So wait, I live and work in Japan, a very stretched out country. Spend many late hours in the office and then I crash on my sofa. It's not easy to get to sleep with the mind day, days racing for trivial issues. But, but Scoots never fails to bore you sleep. Thank you for that nice review, Macy Kling. How about Amrad123? You are red. There's something brilliant about this guy. I don't have trouble falling asleep. I just listen because he's, you know, oddball. I'm hooked. Rest of fresh air and see a podcast. Thank you. Amrad, you are red. Eight hours sleeper, intrusive thoughts. Uh, have the type of thoughts that keep me up crying. I used to make me tired and sad. I don't much go to get much done. Other methods are not effective. And I was going to try pills, but even I don't want to. And this pod helps. My mind doesn't think about uh, the past. It just focuses on the pod, and it's great. Not going to cure your mind, but effective for sleeping. Exactly. Thank you, eight-hour sleeper. It works. That's from A.L. Wally. A.L. Wally. Never made it to the end of an episode. Rambling voices, potent sleep aid. It's about the only potent thing I've heard about about me. Potent, potent, well, annoying, potent, potently, patently annoying. But thank you, A.L. Wally. Eight hours of sleep check. That's from M. Jamaica. M.C. Hammaker. That's an MC Hammaker. Been waiting for a podcast, never made it past the introduction, thus I am sold. Uh, how about this one? A man, a man that, uh, man that toes, Taz. Sometimes great, sometimes annoying. Yeah, that's what, that's, that's what people in my regular life say, minus the sometimes and the great. Usually annoying, I think, but they say. Took this podcast and persisted because of the name. Well, that's good. The name worked. But, well, after a while, it feels like he's making fun of the listener. With I don't make fun of that. Honestly, I take a huge objection to that. 
This, I don't understand what irony or the other thing is. Yeah, I love my listeners. This podcast is a making free fun. I'm the only person that gets made fun of here. Oh, and you know, and the you know the the dominant folks, you know, ruling class types. Anyway, let's move on. Miss Rosie smiles. Do you now? Sleeper podcast for the deep dark night. Brain by an entertainer. Year twenty sixteen. Wow, that's nice that I already won that. Scoots, thanks for your hard work. Your storytelling lulls me sleep, keeps me company in the deep, dark night. Recommend the podcast to everyone. Love and hugs. Thanks, Miss Rosie. Uh, this one's from Canada. Desolation. Desolation. Uh, best way to fall asleep. Been listening for a few months every night. Fall asleep in less than one episode. Always had trouble falling asleep. But thanks for creating a safe environment. You're welcome. Thanks for listening. This one's from Australia. Australia really am a divisive figure there. It seems like this one's a positive one. Miss Jessica, 1888. She says, lowercase z's, capital z's, forever falling asleep to the spike. Yes, sometimes they can barely make it through. Amazing work. Where's it go for all people that have trouble falling asleep? Uh, then Sam7153 from the UK. This podcast is now part of my sleep routine. Wouldn't be without it. Such a calming way to fall asleep. Thanks, uh, Sam7153. Uh, five sleepy stars. That comes from Afre SF in the USA. Amaze balls. For decades since my mid teens, I've dealt with insomnia and mild to extreme. If you also suffer from it, you know the debilitating and frustrating parts of it. At some point, the drugs don't work. Never in a million years would I believe some podcast would put me to sleep within 15 minutes. I usually leave it playing all night, but I inevitably wake up and lulls me right back to sleep. Thank you isn't sufficient, but thank you, Scooter. Thank you. Uh, this one is from Marion. Marion. One, two, three, one, four, four, five, five. It works. It totally works. Five stars. Thank you, Marianne. Uh, awesome. I thought this podcast would be a joke, but for real, it works. That's from Piper and Jude's mom. Hey, Piper. Hey, Jude. Hey, mom. Thank you for the review. How about this one? Just Z's and five stars. Grandpa narrations are the best. JBT original. Thank you. Then this one, they don't like the podcast. Are these reviews paid for? Meg is from McGruel's. Don't be cruel like McGruel's. This podcast had such great reviews. I decided to give it a try. About 30 minutes in, and the guy's still doing plugs for things to buy. Don't do that. You must, you may, well, anyway. Random mumbling and ADD tangents. Uh, did you read the description of the podcast? You get to hear a story very disappointed. A double exclamation. Sorry about that. That's a lot of people in Australia feel that way, but the other people love this podcast in Australia, so maybe you should think about moving there. No, just kidding, McGirls. You're not listening anyway. Useful. Blacktooth90. 10 out of 10. Five stars. Thanks, Blacktooth. I'll shine those teeth for you if you like. So great, so helpful. That's from Pot 8009281711. Seven one, uh, surprised by the results. Uh, works like a charm every single time. That's Twilighter ninety six. 
Well, say hi to uh, whatever the, the the guy and the girl uh, and Twilighter. Thanks. I'm glad you're positively surprised. Uh, what the points? I don't know how it would survive so far without leaving me skeptical at first. That's good. That this would help, and now I can't go to bed without it. Thanks. Thank you. A uh, warm, warm, funny, wonderful. I adore this podcast. Thank you. That's from Unica Sola. Thank you so much. Uh, thanks for the rest. It's so, so nice to, to, to read the right white writing on the wall. Oh, boy, I lost my page, though. Hmm. Oh, here it is. Thanks for the rest. Works like a charm. Shocked at how well it works. Uh, first time I listened to it, it's from Bill Dango. Bill Dango. And last but not least, comes in from Kelly Huff from Mexico. It works. Great job. The host goes from one topic to another with a very muted, soft voice that gets you in a state of not paying attention to him. Imagine the effects of your 7 a.m. class teacher. Great. Most of the time it works. Sometimes I actually listen to it because there's interesting topics like Game of Thrones. Uh, well, thanks, Kelly Huff, and thanks, everybody else, for writing in my wall. I read it. Uh, good night.